Hey, good morning. It's Monday morning. It's uh, good to be with you as we uh, begin our week together, as we uh, study God's Word together on this uh, beautiful day. What a joy it is to be with you now. Uh, we had a great weekend at church, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, even better weekend uh, this coming weekend as we celebrate Pentecost. Uh, it's been a great day, and I can't wait to see what God does in our midst uh, these coming uh, days. Lots of good stuff happening at St. Matthew's with a Bible school coming up and uh, lots of events, lots of ways we can connect and be together and worship together. And I would encourage you to uh, make plans to worship with us or worship um, with your local church in the days to come. We need, uh, as we emerge from um, these days of pandemic, we need to recapture our, um, our, we need to be reminded of what a beautiful thing the church is, what a beautiful thing worship is. And I know that um, I can't wait to worship with my people this coming Sunday, and I can't wait to worship with you um, on these days. So be be sure to join us at St. Matthew's or join whatever church that you are a part of. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about the church, actually. We're going to be reading from uh, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, we'll be, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 1. We're in the second section of this uh, chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, reading verses 15 through 23, where, where Paul writes these words. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you, as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that, with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious, inherit his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and made him head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. As I said yesterday, or rather what I said Friday, um, Ephesians reminds us explicitly and repeatedly of the greatness of God. Uh, so much of Galatians and other books of the Bible in many ways focus on our response to God or our, our, our part that we play or what our choice is regarding faith or works. Uh, Ephesians is not doing that. Ephesians is reminding us of the complete and utter greatness of our God. Um, listen to what it, what we're told here. Um uh, you may know the Father of glory. He may give you this revelation that you may have your heart and light. You may know uh, what he has called you, the, the, your inheritance, his immeasurable greatness, his power. Uh, God put Jesus Christ, um, uh, it seated him above right, all, all things at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. He's above every name that is named. Not only in this name, but in every age to come, he has put all things under his feet and made him the head of all things, including his body of the church. We see in this the greatness of God, and I do think I do think sometimes I think what I think one of the mistakes that we can make with our faith, uh, I think one of the, one of the mistakes that we can make with our theological reflection, our theological understanding, is where do we start our where do we start our understanding of who God? Where do we start when we un, thinking about who God is? Uh, what do, and and that is always key is when we understand. Um, we need to have a proper understanding of who God is for our theology to make sense and for our theology to be helpful. What do I mean by that? 
we need to be very careful in our theological reflection, careful in our, in our, in our understanding of God, that we don't start our reflection with our human experience. And we don't start our reflection with what we as humans um, experience. Tell me about that. Um, I understand more of who God is as a father because of my experience and my understanding as a father. For instance, I, I thought I knew what unconditional love was. And then I had kids, and then I then I really understood what unconditional love was. You know, in many ways, I don't know that you truly understand unconditional love until you have a child sometimes, because that's when you really truly see the depth of unconditional love. So in that moment, I came to understand that just as there was nothing that my children could ever do to get me to stop loving them, that there's nothing I could ever do to get God to stop loving me. Now, that mean I'm gonna always approve their choices, I mean I'm gonna always agree with them. No, that's that's I'm not saying I'm not saying we're always gonna agree or whatever. That's beyond the point. What I'm saying is that my love for my children is involuntary and it just flows up from within me. And if I, who am a sinful human, can do that, then how much more does our perfectly, perfectly heavenly father feel and think that way? Okay. So my experience as a father has helped me greater understand what it means to think of God as a father. Now, let me ask you a question. What if I wasn't a father? Or what if, what if, what if my experience as a son was with a difficult father? Would that affect the way I understand God as a father? Sure it would. Sure. My human experience would affect my perspective on things. But my human experience does not always make it so. Just because someone may have had an imperfect or unhealthy or, or, or bad father doesn't mean that God is not a good father. A good human experience can illuminate biblical theological truth. But a bad human experience does not invalidate biblical or theological truth. So having a good father does help one better understand what it means to think of God as a father. Being a father does help one better understand what it means to love as a father loves. But having had a bad father or not being a father does not invalidate the biblical truth of God's love as father. Okay, that's what I mean. Why I'm saying all this is to say this, that sometimes our lives can be very difficult or very hard or very challenging. I mean, let's be very honest. This last year has been very difficult, y'all. It has. It's been a hard year. You know, it's been hard on a lot of us in a lot of ways. It's been a challenging year. And so sometimes I think we experience, see, or feel so much brokenness in life that um, it's easy to see only weakness. And we see so much evil in life that it's easy to look down. And I think I think Ephesians is calling us to look up. To look up. To look beyond our human experience. 
to look beyond our human our human emotions, to look beyond what we go through each day, to look beyond, frankly, our human problems, and look about the greatness of our God, and the majesty of our God, and the power of our God. It makes I mean Ephesians always makes me think of Psalm twenty one Psalm one twenty one. I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence does my help come? My help comes from the Maker of the Lord. My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. Look up, look up. When we look up, we'll see that our God is greater, that our God is stronger, that our uh, that old Chris Tomlin song, "Our God is greater, our God is stronger, our God is higher than any other." We need. I don't want to pretend like our human experience don't have validity and don't shape us and aren't important because of course they are. Of course our human experiences are incredibly shaping and incredibly formative in our life. They do not define the totality of our life. Ephesians is gonna be a constant call over and over and over and over again to look up, to look up, to look at the greatness of God, to look at the power of God, look at the majesty of God, look at the might of God, to look at exactly who God is, to look up, look up. And that's, that's our call today, guys and gals. Look up. Don't ignore your pains and sorrows and sufferings because, of course, they're there. Don't pretend like they're not there. Don't pretend like they're not happening. Of course, of course they are. Look, look up to God's greatness. Look up to God's power. Look up to God's might. When you do that, you're going to find a God there who's encouraging you, who's with you, who loves you, who's counting on you, who's carrying you. Our God is greater. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Let's not become so overwhelmed by our human troubles and struggles that we forget to look up. To look up today to the greatness of God. When you look up, you're going to find him seated in heavenly realms, ruling over all things, with all things under his feet. So be encouraged, Christian. Our God's in control. Our God has authority and power. And our God is with us. So be encouraged today. Hey, love you guys. Praying for you. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we'll see you uh, bright and early tomorrow for another reflection. Have a great day.